0: Today on Tough Juice Podcast, we learned a lot of things. Sitting down with one of the legends in the game, Master P, on how to make a deal. stand educated, staying informed, talking about financial literacy, working with family, the pros and cons of that. And most importantly, never making a deal while you're desperate. It's such an educational lesson. Be sure to tune in. It's going to be a special, special show. Subscribe to the Tough Juice Podcast on the Himalaya app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So I have to first start off by saying, how did you learn about money?
1: Well, people don't realize to learn about money, you have to get it, you have to lose it, you have to get it back, you have to go through the struggles, the pains, growing up in poverty, having nothing, and uh, going to college, being able to understand what knowledge is. I tell people all the time, knowledge is more important than money, but when you understand the spending power of a dollar, um, how to spend it. So people don't realize money, anybody can make money, but it's hard to keep it. And when you go to most billionaires that I know, they all tell me they went through something. But most of our culture and our people, we look for the negative. Oh, man, he going through this. That person happened. But you know that person is a real survivor, a real hustler. You can't count them out. Most of those guys, something fall and they get back up and it takes them to another level but I, I think money for me is knowing how to use it knowing how to spend it going through what I've been through and I think I feel like I'm a expert because of things I went through and I started from the struggle started from the projects not having nothing putting my trust in God uh, when you look on the back of every dollar in God we trust so we can't take it with us it's a tool I realized that You love people when you use money. Most people, the opposite. They love money and use people. Mm. And I just feel like, for me, money has never been a problem for me
0: because I don't live for it. I could lose it and get it back. So what's your relationship with money, and how has it changed your relationship with people? Well, I I
1: don't have a relationship with money, you know, because people, when you have money, a lot of money, people think you go. But God will put you through stuff to realize that you're not God. And even from family members to friends, you know, you help them sometimes. The one time you can't help them, they mad at you. They off you quick. They done with you. You, <laughs> you go from being a man to you ain't nothing. <laughs> I hate them. And they forget about what you've done for them. So I put my trust in God, man. I, I realized that we can't take money with us. And uh, I met a, a rich guy that told me. I said, you know, you got all this money, and he's getting old. I'm like, you know, you're not gonna be here forever. What's your backup plan? He said, Well, my backup plan is not to die. I said, Well, good luck with that, because <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's yeah. <laughs> coming. Good luck with that. So, I mean, if you look at like a Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs had all this money. He created this big old boat. He never got a chance to get on it and ride the boat. He had the vision to create this thing, but that just goes to show you. Time is more important than money. That once that time up, life is too short. Like, what are you gonna do with it? So even all the money you leave here, somebody else is gonna do what they want to do with it anyway. They're gonna go to the bank, pass it out, give it to us, spend it or whatever. Think about it. You're gonna have no charge, no decisions to do with that once you're not here. So I don't I don't live for it. I like, you know what? It's about making an imprint on this world right now. What can I do for my kids and teach them? how to build a generational wealth so even when I'm not here, they can still eat. And uh, I think money drives you to go out and get nice things for your family, uh, for yourself. But for me, man, I'm a humble man. I'm a man of God. I don't live for it. Like, it it don't drive me in the morning to say, hey, if I don't have no money, I still can't be happy. Because money is not happiness. I tell people all the time, you can have all the money in the world, you can't buy happiness, and you can't buy love.
0: Do you so, think the beginning changed you like that, though, like from second selling records mm-hmm. out your trunk and going through that whole process and all of a sudden going through that humble stage yeah. where you you got a different evaluation and appreciation on just time and life and family well, and everything? I think being humble and
1: being hungry, it, it teach you discipline. So think about it. When you grow up with nothing and you have nothing, you discipline. You know the only way you're going to make it out the jungle or the ghetto, whatever you want to call it. For me, it was the jungle at that time. New Orleans was the murder capital of the world. Man. You know, I lost my brother to the streets. I got a brother incarcerated. And I love my mom so much to where I'm like, I got to do something. I don't want to see this woman cry, go through this no more. I want to see her have a happy life. So I changed my life. It's a mindset. You really have to want to change. I wanted to change because I wanted to see my mom that struggled so much for me. I wanted to see her with something and see a good life. So I know I had to get it together.
0: I had to change. How did you understand your value at such a young age? Like, you went to college. Yeah. And I know you probably learned some things in school, but nothing like what you learned on the the block.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you know, I, I learned a lot on the block, but I also knew what I couldn't do. I couldn't take a lot of this stuff with me. But on my journey, on my path, the education that I learned in college, it made me think different. That's what I was saying as a mindset. Knowledge is so important, because I feel like when you have knowledge, you're gonna make the right decisions and choices in life. So with me going to college, seeing stuff different, seeing stuff beyond the block, it gave me a lot of more hope because the value that I had when I was on the block, it was like, you know what? You know, the streets and the hustle and all that. Nah, but this. You can't outthink that. You're going to die on that block or go to prison. And what I learned in college is like I I can't pay for it or give it back because it's it's too real. It was it was the value of an education. Even though a lot of college students, they don't go off and turn into big corporations and run their own companies and stuff like that because they, they don't have a mindset. It's also the knowledge with action. You have to be able to act with the knowledge. And so... I like it it's the best of both worlds for me, having the street knowledge and having the education to go with it. I feel like I'm the most dangerous man in the world because I understand life on both sides. I know I don't want to be hungry no more. So what I need to do? I need to get up early in the morning. I need to sacrifice. I need to get it together. And I'm prepared. I don't need a clock to wake me up. And I tell people, everybody has 24 hours. It's like we playing sports. What made you so better than everybody else. You outwork people. My, I watch you. My reps. Yeah, I watch you. That means you was getting up early in the morning. You was doing things that other people wasn't going to do. Even though you played with Kobe Bryant, some of the best players in the world, you made a mark in sports that a lot of guys that come from nothing, they couldn't do. You knew how to change up when you got in corporate America and the NBA. You wasn't that same guy that you was on the streets. Yep. But that was the education. So think about it. Without that, going to UConn, to getting that education, you wouldn't have had that. So you had the streets, then you had the education to go with it that made you a better man. And I think that's the same thing with me. Sports changed my life. People think it was all about the music, but by me being in sports, it's a team thing. It's not a one person. So you have to do whatever to make the team better. And sometimes you got to make the people around you better, and you got to cut some people when mm-hmm. it don't work.
0: The habits that you learned in sports, did you apply that to the game?
1: Yeah, I applied it to everything.
0: So you're talking about consistency, everything, everything like commitment,
1: everything. When I walk in the room, I got to think about other people. So it's not just about me. Thinking about the last man on the bench. I got to make him better. Yeah. Thinking about everybody in my company, I need to make better. And I learned that from sports. And uh, I'm telling you right now, I probably could be the best coach in the NBA if they didn't look at who I am, my past, because I don't think there's nobody in the NBA could do what I could give.
0: I think you could be the best, one of the best coaches out there because of your
1: past. Yeah, but I- I'm saying, but society don't. Want, so let, let, let me explain something to you. We only own seven percent of all business in America. African Americans. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. And we're the biggest consumers. We're the biggest consumers. We spend trillions of dollars, but we don't own nothing. The way I think, I think outside the box. I don't care if it's going to take me a little while. I'm going to get there. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to invest my own money. I'm going to give my people opportunities. Look, man. Do you see the vision? Cool of you. Don't. It's like this. Rap's next. This company been around 25 years. We're in Walmart now. That's crazy. nobody believed. You know, miniatis. Yeah. I saw, you seen the first shoe I saw that. This is the shoe for next year. That. You know what I'm saying? Like it's these clear. shoes. So think about it. Nike created a company and a brand. How come we can't do it? We have to start from somewhere. You know, remember I showed you? I was like, look, I mean, this the bubblegum soles. This all the high tech. I got the gold. I got, I mean, everything that Nike, Adidas, uh, Rebuy, uh Versace, or any one of those companies could do. Comfort, the Comfort, look, the look everything. everything. So when you get you you out on the streets, you be saying, my we the boo guy that shoes, but you know, a couple of years ago, people didn't believe. I go to the same factories that Nike go to, and you look at the quality, and it's gonna grow. But I mean, it took Nike a while. I didn't like Nike at first when it came out. Why is that? I just didn't like it. I, I used. I was used it to, the look? Was it the comfort? Was what was it? No, I, I didn't know about it. Okay. So I didn't know about it till Michael Jordan was the athlete. And I feel like Michael Jordan put Nike on the map. Yeah, he took him to New Heights. Took him to a new heights, which is a multi-billion dollar company. But guess what? They gave him a million dollars. Then they felt sorry for him and then gave him more of the company, which he turned into a billionaire, which people don't talk about that. That's why I say education is so important. I mean, at that time a million dollars is a lot of money for an athlete to get for a shoe.
0: It seemed like your education really like a lot of people took notice of your education when you had the situation where you went into the record company yeah. and talking about distribution, and they offered you, what, $100,000? No, they offered me a million dollars. A million dollars. They offered me a million dollars. I only had $500 in my pocket. You had $500 in your pocket, yep. and this company offered you a million dollars. Yep. And what did you say?
1: I read the contract. They told me that as soon as I signed, they're going to give me a million dollars. But by me going to college, I just schemed through the contract quick and said, I can't use my name for seven years. Uh, I can't do this. I can't do that. So they own your likeness. They they own everything. Okay. So I'm like, wow. I don't even know these people. It was Jimmy Iovine at the time, one of the biggest record executives in the world. No doubt. And and he said, if you don't do this deal, you'll never get a deal in this town. I said, well, I'm going to get something to eat. I never came back. Wow. And and I said to myself, if this man offered me a million dollars and he don't know me, how much of my work? And my work, 40 50 100 But I tell people, never do a deal when you're desperate. I was desperate. I needed the money. I needed to pay my bills. But I'm like, you know what? Let me go out and work a little more harder. And now, after that, I turned that deal around. I ended up getting an 85-15 deal with priority records. Explain that, because a lot
0: of people don't understand the
1: 85-15. So the 85-15 is when you get 85% and a record company get 15%. But I had to put up 200000 of my own money for marketing. But how I found out about that deal, I went research, went to the library, and found out who was Michael Jackson's attorney. Oh, so wow. I, I, I tracked him down, and I talked to him on the phone. He said, look, I don't do business like this. If you want to talk to me, it's going to be $25,000. So Just to co- talk to him? Just to talk to him. 25000 thousand. Twenty-five In the 90s, $25,000. And I said... I said, okay, sir, I'll get back to you. I went and got my $25,000, went to see him and uh, sit down with him. He said, the only deal you could get bigger than Michael Jackson is a distribution deal where you get 85% and the record company get 15%, but you're going to need $200,000 for marketing and promotion money. So I'm like, man, I flew all the way down here to talk to you, gave you $25,000. Then you tell me I need $200,000 more. <laughs> but it was the best $25,000 I ever spent in my best life. Best money spent. Because after that, I went from being a nobody to uh, top 40, riches under 40, and uh, went from selling no records, opening up for 2 Pot, getting booed, nobody knew who I was, to having one fan and turning that one fan to a million and selling over a hundred million records
0: independently. Independently. That that's so crazy and mind boggling to me because, like now we we live in a society where everything is like microwave success, it's yeah. instant success. So can you talk about just like the hardships, your lowest point?
1: Oh yeah. And well, then your highest point. Well, so my lowest point was after I made that deal, for the eighty-five fifteen. So I spent. The last two hundred thousand dollars I had, so now I have no money, broke, nothing. So I got a deal. Everybody looking at me, oh, you got this record deal. Everybody wants some money, you know, because when you see you back in the days, if you got a record deal, you post yeah. you own, yeah, you own. Um, so I had to outthink the system. I said, look, I was getting my records done. I went back to the same company for all the records. So this when the school education kicked in. So now I own 85 percent of the company. I went back to the same guys and asked for 300,000 for five percent. I'm going to give them five of the, percent of my company. And so they ended up giving me 300,000. So then I went, did all the marketing, got on the road, and I had, I had to sell five percent of the company, so I ended up getting an 80-20 deal now. Gotcha, which better than any other deal you ever seen. In America, in the world, probably. And you controlled everything. I controlled everything. Control the masters, Control when I put music out. They told me, you can't put out 10 records at one time. I say, why not? I own the company. <laughs> I Do put out want. 10 records at one time, and all of, all those records made the top 100 Billboard charts. So I went from having no money
0: to, to making Forbes top riches under 40. They don't talk about you enough in in, in that capacity. Like, people always say, like, people never received the flowers while they're still living, or people never received the respect. And and I always say, man, you educated me from afar. Like, you, Scarface, Diddy, Jay, all you brothers, man, that was doing it major, but I felt like you was the true pioneer when you talk about independence and ownership.
1: Well, the thing, the difference is, like, I really came from nothing, and I really believed that that I could do this on my own. So I grew up in a household. I lived with my grandparents. My grandparents had 12 kids, and me and my brother made 14 when my, when my parents split. And with my grandparents, together with 16 people in a three-bedroom project. So I never had a bed till I went to college. I had to play basketball. Like, I got to get out of here. Only want to make it is through basketball. So you wanted I, to, but you had to. I had to. Yep. Was it no other choice? Basketball was going to get me out of it. The first day I got to college, people was like, why are you so happy? I'm at the University of Houston. I said, why are you so happy? I'm just happy. I got my own bed. <laughs> 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 I've been sleeping on the floor for all this time. I got my own bed. So people don't realize, and you never know what God going to set for your pet. I'm thinking I'm going to the NBA. I'm at the University of Houston. Now. Then I get hurt. I get hurt. I'm thinking, what I'm going to do now? I'm going to feel you. I let everybody down because I posted supposed to buy my grandmother's house, my mama's house. This is what I'm thinking. I get hurt. I don't know what to do. But I always loved music. So I could just remember my grandfather saying, you just, you have to get up and go do something. And so, you know, I, I really liked the music. I always was like, you know, saying little hip-hop songs and stuff like that. But I never knew I could do it. And so I'm like, man, I'm not going to be able to play basketball no more. i got to find something else to do. And that's how God, you don't. You think your path, you're about to go this way. God took me a whole different direction. I don't think I would have made the money I made in basketball that I, was, that I made, you know, owning a music company. And um, it just changed. Everything changed, man. Everything changed. I didn't know. I'm, I was uncomfortable because I was like, man, I'm supposed to be a basketball player. You know, I'm playing against was your Jason. passion. That was my passion. I'm playing against Jason Kidd, Gary Payton, all those guys. Like, I, this is what I do. So, when I turned into Master P, they didn't even know. They just knew Percy Miller. Yeah. It was like, Percy Miller, Avery Johnson, he called, Percy Miller, that's Master P. You <laughs> know, I, I used to play him on the With court. That hot pitch voice. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, man, it's just, you know what? Sometimes you got to just stay on the path. Even though it, you might be real to, roll to go off a little bit, you never know what, what God has planned for you. And it was bigger than what I even could expect.
0: So you was one of my idols growing up, still is to this day. And I you know, I watch your grind, I watch your hustle yeah. and your moves. And it's inspiring, it's motivating. But who was inspiring you from a distance or that you had a relationship with? So for me, you know, my grandmother
1: always made me watch Dr. Martin Luther King. I Have a Dream speech. And so... I never was unhappy as a kid, even though I lived in a project. I was the last to eat because she had 12 kids, but I was just happy to have a roof over my head. Yeah. And I just kept looking at that. I have a dream. You know, that whole Martin Luther King speech, that was the person that I looked looked up to, like Martin Luther King, people that were successful. Uh, anybody that was successful that was African-American, you know, back in the day, I wanted to be Michael Jackson. I had the big foe. <laughs> you know? We all did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, um, yeah, man, Muller the king for me. Like, I don't know, it's something about my grandparents. They, they, you know, my grandfather fought in the war, and he was a soldier. Served his country. Ser- he served his country. When he came back, he was supposed to get $10,000 to go buy a house. He never got it. So he always sit me down. Son, you need to start your own business, your own army. You're a soldier. And it just stuck in my head as a kid. Like, you know, because all what he done, he still wasn't happy because he didn't own nothing. So that was my thing, man. If I ever get an opportunity, I need to own my own business. And that's what I did. And I just think, you know, I said I was going to be more than just an entertainer. You know, I need to own a business. I need to be that guy. Like, I need to be the coach of that team. Even though I have great people on my team and on my staff, but I need to be that coach. I need to be the one because my heart was different. Like, I wanted to see everybody have something.
0: Is that where the whole no limits, no limit everything and the soldier mentality come from? Yeah, from, come from, from your my, your my grandfather? grandfather,
1: Big Daddy. Like, he schooled me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he was a strong man. He spent his Social Security check and sent me to Catholic school. People don't know that. That's where I got my my garlic values. And uh, he used to walk me home through the project, because they used to laugh at my guy. You know, when you're in the project, I got my little catlet for us <laughs> uniform on. They like, oh, we about to beat you. You know, because you're going to get jacked or beat. You got a little cat. But yeah. they don't know I live in the project. So I'm about that. I'm about to that. So it was like, <laughs> they was like, man, the schoolboy can could fight. <laughs> he got hands. Yeah, he got hands. After a while, they left me alone. You know, it was like, man, leave him alone. You know, he really lived back here. They they must have thought I, you know, was one of the kids they go jack. But you know, my grandfather taught me a lot of value, man. To where he was there with me. Also, we talked about money. He didn't have no money, but the time he spent with me. And I, I tell people, anybody that have kids, it's not about money. You got to spend time mm. with with your kids because most parents want to be friends with their. Kids. I'm still scared of my dad today. Just because of the time he spent with me, the values that he taught me to be a man. Like, it's, I could be on the streets. If my mom and my grandmother came, I'm bowing down like a puppy. Quick. Quick. That's just Because that's the values. And I, I see some of these kids, now they talk back to, I could, dude, I had so many fights about my mama. Just somebody say a mama joke. If somebody like, say your mama is a, It's a rap. Uh, and my mom be like, "What you?" F-? I said, "Mom." He said, "Well, come on, baby, let's go." On. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, that's just how it was. And I'm like, my mom gonna have all this stuff that before when I made it, I brought my mom my house and all the stuff before I even brought myself because I know the struggle that she went through for me. And you wanted her to have that, and, and I know what I put her through, yeah. and she still stuck with me. You know, like even when I wasn't doing right. My mom, like, look, I told you, but she going to always be there to, to pick me up. So I'm like, she got to have everything, you know, which I see a lot in this in the, in the NBA now. What I what disappoint me. I see a lot of these athletes that are successful. They forget about the people that was there for them. Quick. You know, I've, I've never seen that, man. Like, because I grew up in the South Lake. Mama is everything. Some of these, you know, I mean, you've been out there, you've seen it. You know, you and your mom spend a lot of time together. A lot of these guys, man, once they get some money, they gone. Yeah. Because let me tell you what a financial advisor tell you, like what, what people don't realize. A financial advisor tell you, well, you worked hard, then your mom should work for her. Like, hold up, man. You about to get beat up right yeah, here. Yeah, quick. Like, you, you can't tell me the woman that made me, she need to go do what? And they get their percentage. Yeah, they get their percentage off top.
0: Yeah, so they are so, canceling the people you love out. Exactly. Immediately. Which
1: is sad. Yeah. If you're not educated, you don't know that they don't ask you for nothing. So that's what they tell you. I've never asked you for nothing. Yeah, but you took five or ten percent <laughs> off top. Think about it. what's five or ten percent out of million, a uh, hundred million, and I don't even know you. I just met <laughs> you. So I'm gonna let you take five or ten percent of my money, and and I'm not gonna make sure my mama get that
0: boy. You crazy. I'm about to beat the brakes off of you, even well, though I changed my life. But why do you think so many athletes and guys fall victim to that scheme?
1: Well, the most hurting thing I've seen, I don't know if you've seen this, your boy played with you, Kobe Bryant. They mm-hmm. asked him a question. And you could go back to your 17-year-old self. What would you do? And I know he's been having, like, problems with his mom and his dad, and he said he wouldn't do this and that for them. Wow. That That broke my heart. Because without them, you know, I played for his dad. I played for Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean, yeah. If without Jelly Bean, you wouldn't be here. Without your mom, you, could, you know we make mistakes, and we know every – my parents don't know everything. I get it. But they know most. They know so more I gotta, than me. They know more than me, so I got to ride with them, yeah. even in the bad times. But I would never
0: make a statement like that. They it, Like, Jelly Bean actually introduced Kobe to the game. See that? And that was his blessing to So everything. think
1: about it. You think he probably – Gave them five or ten percent of his money. That's a good Honestly. question. I know he probably gave something. Uh, but he think he gave five or ten percent. That's a lot of money. I don't think so. Okay, well that's what I'm saying. You think they deserve that? Absolutely. Okay. They they deserve half more than anybody. That's what I'm saying. But guess what? We don't educate. It's not nothing wrong with it. But that's his money. He worked for. It, but I'm just saying we're not programming our kids like that because we're programming them to jump and shoot and run. But my thing is we need a financial literacy class when you know you're going to make it. We need to teach them economics. Like my boys right now, I'm teaching them economics and I'm teaching them banking. And I'm teaching them values. Like you need garlic values. Like these are the people that got you there, you take care of. No doubt. That's it. Like all the rest of stuff, you got enough. Like you could have got killed, went to prison in that ghetto you was living in if that mama, or that daddy wasn't on you or that grandmother or that uncle or whatever, whoever you have or step-parents or whatever. I'm just saying somebody was guiding you to get to your... Somebody took you to all those gyms. Think about it. For you to go out of town, to go to all these AAU things, mama, somebody had to do something. Made a sacrifice. Made a sacrifice. Man, mine's worked so hard to where I'm like, man, if I ever get something, you could take it and tell me what to do with it. That's just how I am. So I just think, like, you, you got to appreciate where you came from, and a lot of people don't. I watch a lot of athletes that don't have those type of values, which
0: is sad. I've seen you and Keenan Ivory Waynes. I think, you know, when you talk about guys that put people on more than anybody Yes. or they family-owned or yes. loved ones, Keenan Ivory Waynes, I don't know how many brothers and sisters it is. Yeah. It's like they're coming out of reflection pool. Yeah. But, you know, he made sure everybody had a lane, and yeah. they, they tapped into it and maximized it. I saw what you did with Romeo, Silk, the Shaka, yeah. all the the whole crew, and what you doing with Hersey and Percy. All like yeah. it's, it's amazing just to see that. Is that point of emphasis like this? Oh yeah, is, no, this
1: I want to do that for my people, but you also probably don't see the people I cut off. Yeah, I had to cut some people off because if I didn't, I wouldn't make it. They didn't have the same values I have. So I mean, I remember my grandmother. I had to fire my uncle. My grandmother called me. Boy, you fired my son. I said, <laughs> I said, big mama, I had to get
0: rid of him because he was going to take my whole business down. All he want to do is smoke and drink and party. Is that, is that crazy? Is that hard? Like, I know it's hard to do because that's family. Yeah. And that may put a fracture in the foundation of the family. Nah,
1: You know what? To be honest with you, I just want good people. And that's what I told my grandma. I know she didn't understand at the time, but I said, I would rather give him something right now. Let him go away because he don't want nothing. He's going to destroy the whole business when the whole family won't have nothing because his values is just messed up. He don't. This is my money. He act so bad with people like, this my nephew do this. And yeah, we don't. I'm like, man, I don't treat people like that. These are my fans. It's because of those people I'm here. Or I'll be still in the struggle. I'll be still in the ghetto. You can't, you got a bad attitude. I don't even have an attitude like that. I'm the guy who's created this and making this and giving you the opportunity. But you have that self-entitlement that this is your thing and you're going to run it. Now, you're not going to run my business. That's the great thing about being from the streets, being able to stand up to the people that you know that, look, man, I might have a suit on, but guess what? You're not going to (laughs) destroy my company. I don't care who you
0: are. You can be family members. I work too hard for this. So do you make decisions from the heart or do you make educated, calculated decisions all the time when it comes to business now?
1: I think I just do what's right because you, you can't make decisions from the heart. You got to you got to do what's right. Do what's right for your business. Do what's right for your family. Like there's a lot of things that a lot of people say they couldn't do. But, I, you know, when it comes down to my family, I don't want my family to go back to the projects. So I, when I get up in the morning, I'm thinking about doing the right thing. If you're not thinking about doing the right thing, I don't want you around me. Now, it's not about me. It's about God. I ask God, let your will be done. Put the right thing for my life. Put the right investors. Put the right friends. Everything. Everything that I do to build my business, like, I could walk away. Like I told you, I never do a deal when I'm desperate. I don't mind putting my own money into what I believe in. It might take me a little longer, but I'm going to get there. And I, I asked God to put the right people around me and get the
0: wrong people from around me. What are the, and I'm glad you said that. So what are the keys to starting a successful good business for all our listeners? Because everybody's really listening to this show to, you know, one, financial literacy. you yep. are trying to get educated yep. get those seeds planted. But you're one of the most successful individuals from yep. all walks of life and yep. all spaces. Well, to be honest with you, is no idea
1: is a whack idea. So you never know what's gonna hit. You just have to believe in it. So think about even when people didn't believe, and I got to hook up two. The numbers that I got to hook up two did surpass I got to hook up one in one week. Number one urban film. Number one urban film in America in a week's time, because everybody else was afraid to put some money. Think it got to be perfect. Yeah. So it's about growth, starting small and build. And you written that. Wrote <laughs> it. Literally directed it. Uh, financed it. Yeah, I mean, because think about it. I found a problem. I say, if you want to be successful in business, find a problem. The guy who make money at the car wash, he know you need to get your car wash. He found a problem. Your car get dirty, you're going to bring it to. he's going to fix it. All right. Uh, the movie business, we only own 5% as African-American and Latinos, production-wise. I ain't talking about what you see, the stars we create, but Production wise, we only own 5% of Hollywood, African-American and Latinos. We are one of the biggest spending people in the movie theaters, Latinos, African-Americans. That's our entertainment. We take our girls, we take our families to the movies. That's our of entertainment. If you're in the hood, you got millions of dollars, this your of entertainment. No doubt. So when you look at it, why we don't own none of that? So I'm like, I found a problem. I got to change that. So now we're making our movies on our own. We might start small. No, we're not making Star Wars budget movies. It's just like I started in music. I wasn't making big, big records at first, but those little records added up and turned into, well, now you I built a library. Same thing I'm doing now. I mean, I'm building a library of films to where Hollywood have to respect me as a movie maker and as a, a, a owner of a company. Genius Minds, they know that we could be just as big as Disney one day. But Disney started from somewhere. So think about it. Uh, the guy who started with Disney drawing a little mouse in his house, his <laughs> wife. "If You don't come go to bed. You're drawing a mouse. You're going to get up out of my house. That mouse is one of the biggest things in the world now for far as entertainment. As I said, no idea is a whack idea when you believe it. You just have to start So a lot of people are afraid to start. They don't think they can do it. I tell people right now, I'm going to tell you this today. I'm talking to you. One of the next biggest products that I'm going to put out is going to be a sports drink. Why all these athletes that play professional sports, none of them own a sports drink? Gatorade don't even give us deals. None of us really have water deals or none of that. But guess what? We all drink in Gatorade. Soon as you come up, you drink, you drinking Gatorade. They're not putting no money, but that's in every gym, every arena, pro football, basketball, baseball. You see Gatorade. Free advertisement. Free advertisement. We don't we don't own that. And so my thing is to be able to compete with a Gatorade. It's time, you know. Uh, pro A did it. A Power Yeah. Power did it. They kind of like took a little piece of the marketplace. But we really know sports like none of... I mean, we should all join together. Like, all these professional athletes that's at the top of their game, they should be a part of that. Like, man, let's put our own thing. We, we're we not taking no money out of our pockets. Like, if I did this, what a professional athlete going to be losing? Gatorade not paying them. Not no nothing significant. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So why not say we could get together... Go to a lab, create something even better. And Gatorade is not even a healthy drink. That's what I'm saying. But every athlete is drinking it. Yeah, and it's on every sideline. It's on every sideline. This what you just said. That's the magic, and that's what I'm gonna change. I'm gonna make a make it healthy, a sports drink. That's key. That's that's key. And let's see how many athletes gonna join the movement. But Gatorade not paying them. I just I'm just gonna see. I'm gonna like. If y'all
0: get it, we could change the game. I, I think I think more and more guys are starting to see your movement and yeah. what you all about again. Yeah. And and seeing that you discover like you said, you discover problems yep. and you try to fix it. And huh. me firsthand, I'm seeing it. Yeah. I'm seeing it in real time. Like huh. I saw it from afar before. Huh. I was watching from three, four thousand miles yeah. and I'm seeing it in real time. So you identify the problem way before. Jay Z and the Rock Nation yeah. and Clutch and all that yeah. with No Limit Sports. Yes, and you started that No Limit Sports, and you had one of the biggest guys in all the sports in yeah. Ricky Williams. Yeah. I know, I know, you had probably had like what an eight million dollar guaranteed contract, with, like in the upwards of like sixty million dollars. Yeah, why? Why did you structure that deal like that? Well,
1: first of all, what people do this, this, this is what from David Falk to all them, they couldn't believe that I have the biggest. Athlete in the world and they couldn't get him. So that's why they made that big hype about his contract. Yeah. Ricky Williams told me, he said, look, I need money. As African Americans, we need money. Yeah. His mom was poor, they was living in poverty. He said, I need money. The the only way I'm gonna get some real money, that this deal is the only way. And I, I advise him, I say, no, don't do that deal because you got to make all these incentives. say, I don't care. I need the upfront money. Because think about it. If you've been living in college, so they're trying to fix that problem now to where you can make money, but you've only been making $400 a month, and you're the biggest athlete in the world, and you got an opportunity to get 8 or $12 million up front, you don't care about tomorrow. And I get it. I advise him not to do it, but you know what? He has on been He told me, he said, P, if you don't do it, I'm going to go to get one of these other people to do it and I say well all the thing I could do is do what you want. Like, people don't realize you the boss. Like your agent can't tell you what to do. At the end of the day At the it's end of the decision. day is your decision. Yeah. But the hype that they'll put because it's me who own the company. Yeah. They didn't want to put that out there. They didn't go interview Ricky Williams and say look, do this is your deal this is what you want to do no they just say i advise him not to do it we already have money so they try to control the narrative they try to and control they, the narrative yeah. and they, and they do but you know i definitely think whatever he was trying to do he got that was a lot of money for a, a football player coming out of college to get and he had all these plans what he wanted to do you know he wanted to get get his mom a house he's like man i don't care about next year and how God worked. I mean, it worked. It worked for him, whatever he needed to do. But I just think we stereotype because they see it's a black man that own this company, and we don't stick together. True. You know, even the other black men that was in that business, they they because if any of them had Ricky Williams, he was gonna do that deal. It don't matter. Yeah. It's just that now they say, oh, we can't let P get that big, that quick. Like he got the Heisman Trophy. Winner, it makes no sense. You know how much money these guys done put into their sports? They, it scared them. So they they try to make that be bigger than what, what it really was. But, you know, man, you play sports, I play sports. At the end of the day, your contract is your decision. Yep. <laughs> like, you, no matter what somebody tell you, you know what you want. But we come into professional sports broke. So we thinking the money, whatever, the most money we could get. Everything's a come up. Everything is a come up. Yeah. So, you know, but sometimes that's why I said you have to have some good structure behind you to know, like, you know what? Pace yourself. The money going to come. But you can't stop somebody that, you know, that's what they want to do. I mean, he he wanted to do that for his family. can't
0: knock him. I can't knock him. Out of all the people that was out there. At the time, he chose you. Yeah. Why is that? Because he knew I was fair.
1: He knew my godly values. And he knew as an African-American man, I knew his struggles and his pains. Because think about it, they only come to us when we make something. We don't exist. Yeah. If you get in trouble or you're going to jail, nobody want to be around you. But... Think about it. When you was on that block, nobody cared about Karan. When they found out that you could make some money, every agent in the world looking Took for interest. you. To interest. Immediately. Want, Can I sit down with you and your mom, son? I want to talk to you about your future. <laughs> Damn, where you was at when I was in the projects?
0: <laughs> Enough of that. We don't want to talk about that. No, nah, don't worry talk about, about that. God. Right now, moving forward, we're going to show
1: you. And I need my 10%. <laughs> but I'm not asking you for nothing, but it's in the contract. So think about it. We never... Talked about that. What's 10% of $100 million?
0: Man, they get 10, uh, 10 of your bag, man. $10 million.
1: Think about that. You just met that person. And they want $10 million. It don't, It don't say it like that, but that's the truth. It seems small when you don't know. When you don't know. You're right. So that's why we have to educate these athletes and entertainers to that. That's why I say it's so important to understand banking
0: and financial literacy. So with Master P's master class, and yes. I know you travel all around the world and I just miss you yeah. in New York, but is that what you're teaching? Yes. So I teach discipline. Because discipline could
1: help you with everything. It could help you with everything. Once you have discipline, self-discipline, that's the key to success. And being committed to what you're doing and taking the action. So those are the type of things that I teach in my class. I could teach from any company to any sports uh, team, it's all discipline. You know, uh, me growing up and, and and being in the music industry, I watch. Uh, I think it was it was Michael Jordan. I think it was Magic Johnson, and I think it was Charles Barkley. I'm at this uh, hotel, Lavish Hotel. They had just one. The Olympics. So I see, I'm going downstairs, think I'm gonna go sneak a little workout in. They down there working out. So I'm like, man, y'all just won the Olympics. What are y'all doing? Now? Man, look, Pete, we got to get ready for these youngsters. Like <laughs> that, that discipline is crazy. These kids not coming into the game. They're not thinking like that. Somebody is outworking me. So I got to outwork them. That's a whole nother level of mindset. We talk about discipline knowing that somebody else want to take your spot. So think about when you came into the game, by you being from the streets, you was tougher, you, you worked harder than a lot of good. For, for me, that's what I took a liking to you when you was at the Lakers. I'm like, and this dude go hard. But I knew for some reason this dude had to went through something. So imagine the guys that don't ever go through nothing. They think it's easy that it's just going to be an easy breeze. It's going to stay that way. It's going to stay that way, not knowing that somebody else coming coming at them to take what's there. Because every year, think about it, the team trying to get better, they trying to replace
0: somebody. But if you're not on your game, you're going to get cut. Are you like that in business also? Because I see you with with Yachty's and then, like you said, number one urban film, and then now you're doing masterpiece classes. And then you're pivoting into the sports drink. Yeah. Like you're doing all these things, and not to mention the the hog, the house of house yeah. of God, right? Yeah. The, the wrestling, The wrestling. Like that. Like people don't even understand like how major that's going to be. Oh yeah. We have no representation in that Man, space. Man, I tell people we don't own the NBA, we don't own the NFL, we don't own Major League
1: Baseball, but we do own HOG, which is professional wrestling. To be able to be a owner of that, and and to bring what we're gonna bring to the table with that, I mean. Pro pro wrestling is a multi-billion-dollar business, and I respect uh, the Vic, the Vince McMahon's, those guys that open the doors. They like the Godfathers, but I feel like now uh, us being humble, us knowing the culture, knowing that hip hop has never been into wrestling because they tried with me. They they brought me out uh, to add a little hip hop. To it back in the day so i, I do that. have history with it but i'm saying it's such a big time sports that fans all across the world across the globe they just want to see it evolve to something the next level it's almost like hip-hop nobody believed in hip-hop man we so humble we so real about professional wrestling because we have a lot of history with it we're just saying We want all those other companies to be big. We want them to do what they're doing, but we want to add another flavor to bring an entertainment to it, to to make it to where that millennial kid feel like, man, I want to go back to watching wrestling even more so now because it's giving so many other underdogs opportunities, and that's what our company, HOG, that's what we're going to do, starting next year. Giving a lot of those guys, turning them into stars and showing them they work and they value and saying they are part of the big show, putting them in movies, doing things that a lot of these companies that they don't see because they operate in a traditional way. You know, we, we, we want to think outside the box. We want to keep those values. We want to keep it professional wrestling. But it's also now you have the phones, you have social media, you have all this different technology that we want to add to it. You have 4D. You know, it's it's a whole different game now that we feel like we could add with the apps and technology. We could bring something else to wrestling, but keep the same the spirit of the pro sports because you got to, it's, it's a sacred grounds to where you have to understand that, that that this is a pro sports, but just add a little more entertainment and
0: excitement and hip-hop to it. Who who reach out to you, like uh, some of the guys that's out there? I know there's a lot of major guys, and you've always been a guy to just, man, if you ask, I'm going to give it to yeah. you. Like, who reaches out to Master P and say, school me, educate me, outside myself? Man, you know, I think... A
1: lot of us want to learn and want to soak up that knowledge now. So people are reaching out to me and the ones that I can help, I will. The ones that think they know it all, because I don't know it all. I feel like you have to love to learn. And technology is changing every day. You have to keep up. You, you have to. They, they say for us, if you want to hide something from us, put it in a book. We don't read no more. So we have to start reading. We, we, we have to start exercising our brain the same way we do our muscle. And I feel like anybody that want to change and grow, because this is a growth for me. I didn't always think like that. When I realized that education is the key. In the Bible, they say, ask for wisdom. The guy that asks for wisdom, he got it all. You get to the money if you got the knowledge and the wisdom. Um, but if you just, oh, I need some money. I want to take care of my bills. What you going to do with it after that? Because money come and go. You know, I come from New Orleans. It's a hurricane town. You know, one day you could have everything. The next week, it'll be washed away. You got to start over. What you going to do? You know, and I, I think with that knowledge, and you keep seeking that information, and I tell people you just have to love to learn. Everything else will fall in place, and if you put God first, I mean, man, I don't, I don't see no dreams or goals. It might take you a little longer, but you can't be afraid you know even when you look at it in the bible 40 years the israelites they could have been to go they were scared of the, talking about the big giants and everything and the like there was they was afraid to try and so i have never been afraid to try and i think that's the difference i think if we get focused and really believe in what we believe in i mean we could we could conquer anything any
0: dream and take the action. What What advice would you give to a, a teenage Master P?
1: Uh, A teenage Master P, I would tell myself, put God first. Because as a teenager, I was trying to do it all on my own. And now what I know now, I'm dangerous <laughs> now. Because if I'm not thinking on my own. I'm putting them first when I get up in the morning. Let your will be done. Put me around the right. But at first, I was just trying to do
0: it. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that, that's what I tell it. And my last question, and I, I truly appreciate your time. When you look at back at your legacy, what do you want it to be known for?
1: I'm a guy that just kept my word. I said, you got to keep your word. I, I don't care nothing about paperwork, contracts, none of that, even though that's good for business. But my word is... It means a lot to me, you know. If you keep your word, I think everything else will fall in place. A lot of people don't do that, you know. I I think that's what I've been blessed
0: with. So respected, bro. Yep. Thank you. All right, my brother. Appreciate you.